When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. You grew up with actors. You learn their craft and you learn it well. But I grew up with soldiers. I learned how to die a long time ago. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 146 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Shahi, and my co-pilots for this evening's adventure into podcasting. The young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos. The man who zigged and zagged and beat traffic and got here on time, Mr. Crunch Crunch Lesses. Traffic actually beat my ass, but I'm here. Gonzalez. <laughs> The man we call El Hombre. The man who has some great news about his son. And I can't wait to get into it. Mr. Eric. Finally got his kid out of jail. Strollers. No, wait, that's not the good news. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the good news. How's everybody doing? Good? (laughs) That would have made me spew like water. I'm glad I wasn't drinking something. You said that I was... All over uh, the mic. Yeah. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> My son, Henry, he is almost five years old. And tonight, he graduated from preschool. They have this cute little ceremony where the, the three different uh, classes get together. And they each have like a little song that they do or two songs. The Aww. middle class. Oh, my gosh. They were That's too long. It's like wrap it up. They were too long? Well, we don't want to hear them sing the entire version of you got a friend in me by randy newman oh uh, wow that That's, that'll do i am not a fan of that song eric i am not a fan of that song i don't uh, know why you got that song pisses me off me. Yeah. I, I think of uh, toy story i know but i just so don't like yeah it. that's yeah exactly what um but but anyhow so yeah man he graduated and it was really cool did you kick your son out of, of the house yet tell him go get a job well, yeah, man. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's, I you better start paying some bills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's fucking right. Oh, yeah. man. It's either you work or you go to school. Which one? <laughs> that happened to my brother once. My brother, when I was a little kid, my brother and my dad got in an argument, and he's like, I want to get out of here. And my, my dad's like, oh, you want to leave? Oh, okay. Next thing you know, my dad has all of his clothes 
in a one of his old school luggages, you know, the ones with the handles and the yeah, locks. Yeah. And he like threw it outside from the balcony to the front driveway. He's like, get your shit. That's all of it. Get out. And my mom was like, no, that's my son. <laughs> if you want to leave, leave it. Then my brother started bawling. No, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Bet. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, oh, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My dad just put it down. So I never asked. I never got an argument with my dad. Like that. I like my shit. <laughs> well, congrats to you, Mr. Struthers, and congrats to your son. That's fantastic. What? Uh, Thanks, man. Did, did they all sing the same song or did they have different songs? Oh, no, they they had different songs. So do, his yeah. his two were, oh, man, I don't even remember the names of them. But they, <laughs> basically, most of them, are, most of them are like, here's some different words to a easily recognizable melody that the kids can remember kind of thing. Oh, like that's one awesome. was, it was like, take me out to the ball game. But it was about something about how, how dope preschool is. <laughs> yeah, that's rad. That's cute. That is super rad. How about you, Boo? You took a nice little train ride. Happy birthday, Boo. Thank you. Thank you. It was Boo's birthday uh, Monday. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I had a fantastic birthday. Thank you to the uh, to the Brown family for hosting me. Downtown Brittany Brown. Yes, I was originally Rusty there. Rusty Brown. That's right. Brandy and... Brandy Brown. And, and Vince. Bobby and Brown. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe. No, not Bobby Brown. Not Bobby. Shit. <laughs> I was originally there for Brittany's uh, graduation ceremony. She graduated with her. Congrats, Britt. I know. I know she has. Her, That's a uh, big accomplishment. It is. It's huge accomplishment. She has her criminal justice degree, so she's happy wow. about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a fantastic day You know, on my birthday. Went to the zoo. Went to a Padres game. Went to a, um, a dueling piano place after that. I saw a video of you singing drunk. Oh, songs yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I made a complete fool of myself willingly so yeah so i had a fantastic birthday yeah great man yes how old are you now 19 <laughs> my dad said the same thing i'm like i'm not that old yet where i start lying but i i get why i'm 26 yeah. just shut it down yeah. right now. <laughs> this guy 26 uh I, I think I've brought this up before man but i'm at the age where when people ask me how old i am i tell them i'm older than i am so that they'll be that's like, oh genius. my God, you look great. That's one genius. I do that too. I feel good. That's and genius. Eric, I do that too. Genius move. People say, oh, I go, I'm 55, man. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm 72. I'm 157 years old. What's your secret? <laughs> Carrots. <laughs> Just carrot. Yeah, exactly. 100% carrot. Whichever way if I can I get it. I told them. you I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Les? It's a Lazarus pit. Well, now I'm laughing, so I guess I'm okay. Look at that. We just changed your whole look. Uh, you come in, sit down the Sith layer, and then your whole mood changes. Fantastic. Yeah, I noticed that I never say how I'm doing every time I ask these questions. Nobody cares. Yeah, Let's we go ahead. Yeah, move we on. We are yeah, just, proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Tune in to podcasts like now. This is podcasting. Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, First Order Transmission, The Cargo Hold, Tatooine Sons, and Fingered by Randy and Jason. We also would like to welcome another show to the network, by the way. Our boy, Noah Outlaw's Kessel Run Radio is now on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Oh, shit. Yeah, so welcome to the family, Noah Outlaw. By the way, Noah Outlaw was supposed to be here tonight, and he dissed us. Let me tell you why. Because he didn't realize that he's scheduled to come on on his birthday. <laughs> so he's like, oh, shit, it's my birthday. I just realized it. So we're going to have our new family member on Next week, Mr. Noah Outlaw, and you haven't checked out the Kessel Run Radio YouTube side, his YouTube channel, subscribe, please. We'll even have it on the show notes and all that good stuff. So uh, welcome to the network, Noah. Great guy, by the way. Does that make him our big little brother? Because Noah's a big dude. Noah is a tall mother effer. 
Yeah, he's huge. He's a Texas boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome, our, welcome to our big little brother. There you go. We can't, can't wait to go to In-N-Out in uh, December. Show, oh, yeah. show him how to eat. Yeah. We got to see episode eight with him. No, we saw The Last Jedi with him. Did we see The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi with him, yeah. We met Noah and a few other awesome people. Yes, absolutely. And guys, I know if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw the other day that I had a GoFundMe on there for uh, my sister-in-law, Boo's sister, and my my brother-in-law, and Boo's brother-in-law. His mother passed away very sudden, unexpectedly, and there's a... GoFundMe for the funeral expenses. They're, they were struggling to uh, put together some funds. So if you guys can check that out, I'll have the information on our show notes. Just check it out. And any support from a dollar to $10 to 25 anything would absolutely help. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know we love them both and we want them to be able to uh, do the proper services for Yvonne. She was a fantastic lady mm-hmm. and this is awful, awful news. And I'm sure a lot of people have gone through this. That would be a huge thank you from us to you, our listeners. So thank you for that. And other than that, I think it's time to get into some Week in Geek. You guys ready? Absolutely. All right. Box office, something new. Mm. This weekend, we're coming off a strong debut for Detective Pikachu last weekend. I was thinking, Boo, Mm. that if you saw Pikachu Uh and you had a um, a review on it, Mm -hmm. I would call it the Peekaboo review. Thank God I didn't see it. Yeah. While Disney's Avengers Endgame looks to top Avatar in the domestic record books and the highly anticipated debut of John Wick 3 arrives... And yet, the weekend overall won't be able to keep up with the same weekend last year, which saw Top 10 deliver $200 million thanks to the release of Deadpool 2. So, these are their totals. John Wick 3, $56 million, which is pretty solid. Saw it. Avengers Endgame, $29.9 million. Saw it. Very solid. Detective Peekaboo, $25 million. You didn't see, the, you didn't see that one? No. No. Okay. So, John Wick... Did really well. Mm-hmm. I saw John Wick 3. Did you? I did. Okay. Here's my take. Good movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's getting kind of stale seeing it. It is good. It's entertaining. You can tell that uh, Keanu Reeves digs it. He digs being John. Oh, Wick. he loves it. So I like Because he says four lines throughout the entire movie. Yeah, he doesn't have to act too much, which is... I think is in his wheelhouse, but he genuinely puts effort and care into it, which I, I appreciate is coming towards the end of its franchise life. Yeah. I think it's got one more. Yeah. Yeah. It just one more, please. One more. That's it. But it is super entertaining. It's awesome. Seeing just a great, great, uh, choreographed action movie with a lot of action, a lot of violence. So it's overall good, but it's running its course. You know what? I, you know, I talk and shit with its sound effects and all that bullshit because all it was, was fighting and killing. Mm-hmm. But at least it knows what it is. It's a crazy fucking mm-hmm. violent action movie. Halle Berry's good in it. Halle Berry and the dogs are amazing. The choreography of the fighting scenes are second to none. There's a Game of Thrones surprise in there. There's a big Game of Thrones surprise in there. Mm-hmm. There's dragons, so we mean. There is dragons. Jon Snow actually becomes the king. <laughs> Just kidding. But there is some oh, connection to Game of Thrones. Yes. It is really good. If you like the John Wick movies, this will not disappoint. Mm-mm. So check it out. If you like John Wick, you'll definitely dig it. I keep seeing people popping up on my Facebook feed saying that John Wick 3 was better than Endgame. Oh, uh, no. 
I find that <laughs> difficult to believe myself. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. surprised. I've probably seen at least six people claim that. Well, and for it, no more than I'm on Facebook, that's a lot. I, I'll compare it to this: the it's so violent that the first or second like kill, people started laughing. They were laughing because they couldn't believe it was so violent. It was it was ridiculous. It was one of those awkward laughs. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a little bit off putting in the first like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, but I compared it. I told Lorraine I went to watch it with Lorraine, and I told her it's kind of like no, I did. Yeah, she went and she liked it. Well, well, yeah, but okay. Yeah, I I can't believe she actually. I thought she wanted to see Detective Pikachu over that. No, 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 she liked it. So she, I told her it's kind of like going to EDC. If you guys don't know what EDC is. Electric Daisy Carnival. It's a massive, massive rave. It's sleep, rave, repeat. In Las Vegas. And pretty much when you go there, the girls wear just pasties on there, you know. And so all you're seeing is pretty much stickers on them, right? And they're rocking out. And the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, you're like, what is going on here? Like, there's a person next to me that's butt naked, pretty much rocking out. After 30 minutes, you don't even think about mm-hmm. it. Like, they're right in your face. It doesn't matter anymore because you're used to it. That's how I felt by watching John Wick. After 30 minutes, it was like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. You have to shoot him nine times. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. It just got a little bit redundant. So that is your box office. And that was brought to you by boxofficemojo.com. Oh, by the way, Brightburn comes out this weekend. It looks scary as shit. I it looks amazing. I want to see it. Can't wait to see this thing. I am very, very pumped up about that. Hopefully, we get to go watch it and so we can come back and report on it. But now... Mr. Struthers. Yes. There's some stuff that came out finally the day after you recorded, but the day before we recorded. <laughs> so can you guide us through this what craziness? so great. Even more, actually, the term that Steele, our good friend Steele used, was delicious. And that's the term that made it I wanted to use as well. The article came out today, the day that we're recording. And today is the day that this week's episode of The Bad Motivators dropped. So, I mean, obviously we recorded before today, but there's something just even more heartbreaking about this coming out in in the morning at the same time. That and 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 in the episode of The Bad Motivators, I specifically mentioned that yep, every time we record the next day there's some big news and boom, this did not at even and slightly disappoint. Right. So you know what, though, man? It's cool to have all this, so I'd rather have it this way than not at all. And we'll get to talk about it here, so right on, right? Right. It is, you know, Vanity Fair has done this for all the Star Wars movies, where they get, like, the big deal, the first look, and get some of the best images, man. Annie Leibovitz totally knows how to take pictures. Way better than me and my iPhone, I'm just going to say. This thing, it so we go on this big long crawl, and it just it it talks about kind of just uh, like a wrap up of where everything is right now. All right, but there are some new places, and that's what we really want to talk about, and some new people. So we see Richard E. Grant, right? See this, right? Now it says Allegiant General Pride. So he's not uh, Hux's dad or anything. Apparently, there was the talk of that. I did not think that was a thing since I know canonically Hux's dad is dead. We found out about him being killed in the Phasma novel, right. I think, is when it was. Hux murdered his father, right? He had him murdered. Had him murdered, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, that's what that's what sons do, apparently. So I'm just keeping one eye open. 
He, yeah. That's a he Star just, Wars thing. Yeah, he just graduated, so you know he he's on top yeah. of the world. You got to quell that, that shit. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's going to try to strike while the iron's hot. It's like I'm on a roll, <laughs> on a roll, man. He looks badass so, though, right, Richie Grant? Yeah, dude, he looks cool. He's got just the right look for mm-hmm. something like that. You'd be hard pressed to find a better look for for an imperial officer. He kind of makes me think like when you're looking at him. The look on his face makes you wonder if he was like a holdover from the Imperial days. Yeah, very possible. So, he, like, he's been around forever, and he's part of the First Order. Oh, I, gu- I guarantee you that's it. That's got to be it. We also get to see Carrie Russell's costume, and her character's name is Zori Bliss. And, you know, we had seen some of this before, but seeing this profile picture in here... Yeah. You see her from her right side. The helmet reminds me of like this whole weird, like a centurion sort of thing, but the crest is in the back. Her head almost looks like a hatchet. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get mm-hmm. But it, her, her, she, she reminds me of the, the shapeshifter in Attack me of the too. Clones. Me too. Me oh. too. Sam, Sam Wessel. Sam Wessel. Yeah, but the I mean the helmet's completely different. But maybe it's just the color scheme. I don't know. But man, it's cool looking. She's supposed to be like a thief or something like that, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so she is hanging out. Let me see if I can find the name of this. If anybody knows the name of this planet, just shout it out. Kimji Kijini. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the eyes are long or short. But anyway, it's it's snow dusted. That's the term they use on snow dusted. Let's see. Planet. Home to a shadowy thieves' quarter. So right. that that sounds like the planet that uh, we see in the trailer. There, the, the the one that we see the ship that looks similar to the one that dropped off Ray. Everybody's wondering. Oh yes, that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. Good point. And then, so the desert planet that they mention it now, mind you, this doesn't mean it's the only desert desert planet that's going to appear in the movie. But they do mention the new desert planet, which is called Pasana. I think that's probably how you'd pronounce it with the two A's. If Alderaan is mm-hmm. any reminder of how Pasadena, they where are you at? Pasadena. Pasadena. I got that from so, Rashad. Credit to Rashad on that. Dude, our buddy Rashad. Hey, Rashad, I hope you're hearing this. We think you're great, man. Just just, just want to let you know. Great guy. Isn't Anyhow. Do. Great guy. Yeah, he is. He's a genuinely good dude. And he has a show on Steel's Patreon feed that is pretty good. Out of those images, Eric, which one was your absolute favorite one? Um, I have two that are tied, perfectly tied, with all of the judging and point spread and everything that this very complex algorithm I worked out of which one was the best. It's the Luke with R2-D2 tied with Kylo Ren and Rey fighting in in the... snow or or water spray whatever that all all that is or falcon on top of the falcon yeah okay but there there's it's something there's water or something all over yeah all over the place yeah it could be the water that's where the death star is so that makes sense correct 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 for me it just changed i really love the carrie russell one because it just looks so badass and she looks so badass in that gear but i think my the lando one with poe and chewy and dio and bb8 in the Falcon, and then the one that you just said, the Kylo and Ray battle, battling it out. Mine's mine's tied as well for you know for two of them, but for different reasons. The uh, Knights of Ren one because um, 
I'm studying it a lot, looking at all the different weapons, the different mm-hmm. characters, you know, looking at zooming in as far as I can, that kind of fun shit. You know, I, I, I want to get as much info as I can from that picture. But then my second favorite is the one with, with Chu and Lando and uh, with Chewie, Lando and Poe and all, you know, BB-8, Dio. Because that looks, that reminds me of like seeing, you know, you see Han, Luke and Leia yeah. sitting there all together. Then you have, you know, you have C-3PO in the back. It reminds me of like, you know, the, the Holy Trinity all back together again. It's, it gives me right. that feel. So I like that one too. Yeah. Lando looks like a G. Oh, he looks so looks good. Like a G. So good. Those workouts are working. Billy D, those workouts are working. Definitely top one for me is uh, Finn and Janna on those oh, yeah. super horses. Those horses are so badass. God, they look sick. I mean, yeah, they're horses, but yeah, to see the, the design and... They're space horses, last Yeah, that's get exactly it right. right, man. It's just badass. It's, there's no other way to say it. And to finally see, instead of Billy D and his slick back perm, I get to see some curls in the Star Wars. I'm, I'm really going to hang on to that. That's really cool, man. Yeah, it's rad. And then... Luke and R2. Yeah, that Luke one's badass. I'm I mean, always... Leibowitz does such a great job. Yeah, I'm always going to go back to... And, and what I like about getting new Star Wars is, yes, we're getting new Force users, and Kylo and, and Rey are big deal, but Luke was always my first hero. You know what I mean? When yeah, I first cool. saw Star Wars, like I wanted to be Luke Skywalker when I was a kid. Uh, and now to see all of it tied together with a character like Finn at the forefront and to add someone like Jana and to give them a moment or to have more moments like that is a big, a big deal for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a great piece and they do such a great job. And this is going to be the last one for this saga. And Lee Witts has done such a fantastic job. And then John Williams one is fantastic. John Williams greatness and impact in the star Wars franchise. You cannot possibly say enough about it. And especially when you listen to Blockbuster, it really is eye-opening as to what his contribution to the movie ultimately meant, ultimately meant for all of this. And to see him still doing this, man, working on number nine all these years later, that that's just really something to see. And I'm super happy for him and I'm super envious of the people who got to work with him. That Blockbuster series was unbelievable. I haven't listened to the final episode yet, but I listened to the one before that just came out last week, and that was fantastic. Well, well, this is a bit of a spoiler, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning it. If you want to have a spoiler warning, I'll go ahead and give you one. No. But uh, you sure? Yeah. Okay, so in in that episode, Star Wars comes out in theaters. Oh, God, I was waiting for that one. (laughs) I thought Jason was going to drop that. <laughs> so, uh, well, I hope he's not mad. Was I supposed to not say anything? Anyway, man, to, yeah, to, <laughs> to see John Williams is really cool. But is he already conducting music for that film, or is that a scene that was left over? Oh, from Last Jedi, right? Ooh. He's already do- he's, well. He's already said he's already done with twenty five minutes of the movie. That's true. I thought he had just, he had written it. No, this looks like it's, oh yeah yeah yeah. This I, I looks think, like it's for this film. No, but I think what Eric's saying is the process is for him to write it, and then after composing, they start to perform it, right? And this looks like they're right. Already past so, yeah, that. no, they already passed that. This is from I would imagine now. Leibowitz wanted to put in old pictures. I have a question about this scene right here. This picture. Yeah. If I am, I mean, I get it. If you're a musician, but if I am scoring a film and I'm part of this orchestra, they get to watch the movie as they play, right? 
Nah, well, no, they're, they don't they're watching really him. To see it much. They're watching. They're watching. I, I, John. I would not be able to play. Well, then you don't get the job. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I ended up losing plenty of jobs. Oh, I'd be yeah. like, uh, the 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 um uh, the the Star Wars. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they have weeded out a lot of people over the years. They probably had people pop in, pop out for oh, those reasons. I, I mean, that's just me and my my you know be being a fan. Oh boy, yeah. And oh yeah. If I was scoring like if I was the orchestra, you know, that was helping to score other awesome films that we all love, I'd probably end up losing a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. These guys mm-hmm. have the Deep. utmost concentration. Let me ask you something, man. You wanted to have something that blows your mind. If you do, you play music at all? I dabbled when I was younger. I played tenor saxophone for about three years. Skin flute. He's really good at. I it. played trumpet for about two years. I could see less handle on a sax. I could see that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Baritone. So, and and I ha, <laughs> no, and then I actually was in choir, and I sang in church choir, and then uh, I was in my school choir up to about sophomore year, high school. Well. But so you can read music, at least to some degree. Yes, I can. Right. Okay. But you know how what reading music is like. Yeah, I know. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world. No. Dude, can you guess how much rehearsal these musicians do for these recording sessions? Oh, I'm sure it's a lot. The answer is none. What? Really? Those people go in there and sight read that crap. Are you yeah, serious? They haven't, they haven't had that score sitting in front of them for weeks or anything. They go in there. Yeah. I, that was they mentioned that on um on score the okay. documentary that okay. Matt talked about. Yeah, dude, those people go in there and sight read that stuff cold. Well, that just means they're they're awesome, then, right? That's they're that's amazing. What, that's the point. Okay, yeah, because I no way I'd have to sit there and rehearse at least ten times before I get. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, I so, mean, I'm sure they sit down and they've got like an hour to get their thoughts together, but yeah. They just get the sheet music and off they go, dude. That is boggles my mind. Uh, and so you figure, man, they're probably so busy reading the sheet music they couldn't even think for a second to look up at that screen. Uh, then that's exactly right. That means they are the ultimately they're just focused. Yeah, that wouldn't be me. I'm sorry, I would have never got your right, boo. I'd be getting fired left or right. We're just gonna need you to not sit down today. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You you could just leave your instrument in its case and just uh And they and, we'll and they see can't you next time. and they can't take it home, they can't practice at home, they have to leave all that shit there. That's crazy. Okay. So what do you guys think about this picture with Luke and R2 D two? You got any any idea of a narrative behind that? No, what I think, because that pose is very similar, just just Luke himself, to... I can't remember if it's the end of episode 9 or the beginning of episode... Or, or episode the eight. end of, of 7, the end of episode 7, or the beginning of episode 8, because his hand pose is virtually the same, the way he's standing. So I'm not sure if it's a new image. I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, I've seen that before. Well, you took a wild guess of him, if that being the flashback to uh, mm-hmm. him in that moment, Kylo destroys, him, the, yeah, temple, destroys yeah. the temple and everything. I want to go forward and be like, this must be something that throws a full curveball at us when it comes to episode nine. Dare I say it, it, that's actually him standing there like he shows up in a heroic moment when all hope is lost or whatever. But do that, they- that would, what would that do if that mm-hmm. is the... That's him coming back. Well, with how real Yoda looked when he he did the whole Force Ghost thing, could they put the after effects or have a separate image of him being the Force Ghost and not being blue? That kind of thing. That's that's my question. So does he have to be blue when they take the picture? 
Or can that just be him standing as a force ghost, but they haven't put the blue force Ooh, ghost just, effect? This is kind of like Will Smith not being blue. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, like the, the you see the image of the lightsabers, but their their lightsabers aren't lit when they're fighting each other. Right. That comes in the after I see what you're saying. This, so so is, is the blueness oh, an after effect? Very possible. Yeah, that's, well, that's now, what I'm wondering. Well, now, 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 oh. I will tell you this, that in, at, at least by... Uh, the Force Awakens, they were using colored lit lightsabers so that like when you see the reflection of the blue in Kylo Ren's eyes during the fight, whenever, you know, their sabers are locked up together. Yeah, that, that's that's where that came from. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Well, but uh, but yeah, but that's but the, awesome. the actual effect and all that is done in post. Mm-hmm. So maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the case. One cool cutaway article that's linked in this, and that's one of the things that's tough about navigating this, is that there's there's breakaway links everywhere in inside of this this whole spread. So right, it'd probably be easier that. if I had the the print magazine right in front of me. But it's about Billy Lord's character doing scenes with with Carrie Fisher, and what's cool about that. So JJ talks about how he purposefully wrote it so that that conics that's that's billy lord's character wouldn't be in the scenes because he didn't want it to be weird for but she said and she quotes i want to be in scenes with her i want it for my children when i have kids i want them to see wow and so yeah apparently they you know they they approached it like it was a reshoot where they're setting up the 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 angles and the lighting to make it look like the other footage they have right you know that's so cool. And so that says, uh, Abrams says there are also moments in the film in which we'll see Fisher's Leia and Lord's Lieutenant Connix talking and touching as well. In some wow. instances, Abrams said Lord became overwhelmed during filming. She would get emotional and sort of have to excuse herself for a minute. He recalls, I know it was hard for her for a while. Dude, that rules. Oh my gosh. I just, I think that's a big deal, man. That's Absolutely. huge, huge deal. That is really touching, and it's going to be so amazing to see it on screen. Yeah, I wonder God. what that'll be like for Billy to see after the fact, is to actually see it on screen where everything's finished, and there she is talking to her mom. I mean, it's going to be hard for us. Can you imagine her and her brother being there? Oh, yeah. man. Great job and great work. So check it out if you haven't seen it, which you probably have a thousand times already. Let's be real. Even though it came out today, everybody... Eric's checked it out so many times he's locked out of it. He can't even he can't even read the articles anymore. I almost had to remote into my computer at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's, I should have done. That's so great. Vanity Fair, they don't need our plug, but it's <laughs> a Star Wars fan, it's mandatory for you to check it out. All right, I think it's time to get into some pop culture breakdown. I am going to sound off a little bit. Because huh. I'm I got really upset. Uh oh. Now, Game of Thrones came out on Sunday, the last what? episode. Yeah, no. the Game of Thrones came out. Not a lot of people watched it, only no. 19 million people. That started this whole chain reaction on Twitter. And I know on Twitter that we're, that, you know, there's a lot of negativity, but whatever. I just ignore some of that stuff. But what I can't stand are these entitled dickwads that are starting these petitions. Either it's a petition, so the female superhero shouldn't be a female or it's a petition that our director, Ryan Johnson, 
did such a horrible job that we need to do a GoFundMe to raise money to make another episode eight. That's being made right now, too. That's is how it, much money they raised. No, fuck it. Oh, okay. You scared the shit out of me. Shit. Well, I thought like maybe like a $100,000 version was being made. Oh, God. Now, there's one to redo season eight with competent writers for Game of Thrones. <sighs> Your petitions aren't going to do anything. They're annoying, all right? And it's very disrespectful for the people working on these projects. Sophie Turner, the actor that plays Sansa, came out and just blasted this thing. This is what she said. All of these petitions and things like that, I think it's disrespectful to the crew and the writers and the filmmakers who have worked tirelessly over 10 years and for 11 months shooting last season. 50-something night shoots. Then there's 50 nights in a row, by the way. And then she told this to the New York Times. So many people worked so hard on it, and for people just to rubbish it because it's not what they want to see is just disrespectful. People always have an idea in their heads of how they want a show to finish, so when it doesn't go their liking, they start to speak out about it and rebel. The thing about Game of Thrones that's always been amazing is the fact that there's always been crazy twists and turns right from season one, and she goes on to explain specific things that have happened. And that's my whole thing. This is Game of Thrones, right? You never get what you want in Game of Thrones. Yeah, this this show has never been meant for the fans. It has always been what the the writers and what George R. R. Martin has put together. And they put it on screen beautifully. It has been done in a fantastic way. This has never been for fans. People could bitch and moan all they want. They were still going to make the same show that they were planning to make from the beginning. The reason we like the show is because it doesn't give us what we want. Right? That's what the so great about the show. I'm not yeah. just focusing on Game of Thrones because we're going to do Game of Thrones later. And, and oh, you know, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Captain Marvel. I'm talking about Episode 8. I'm talking about Game of Thrones. I'm talking about whatever these entitled fucking pricks that they, they have some kind of mental view or, or vision and it's not theirs. They start shitting on it now. This, this didn't happen 10 years ago. And I mean, and if it did, it didn't have the same momentum that it has now. It it was under the radar, pushed back, and just in most cases, you're probably just laughed at. Like, are you serious, guys? You really want to do this? And and that's the same case now. Like, are you serious? There's so much other crap going on that we need to be worried about instead of people getting signatures to redo a full season. Are you kidding? You me? just just repeat that in your head. Like, you didn't like something, so you're gonna go nah nah nah. Like, you're gonna throw a temper tantrum and redo it i just uh, it doesn't make eric please talk talk me off the ledge because it doesn't make any sense to me the problem is people have this crazy sense of ownership to things they have no ownership of mm. and when you don't get your way when you're what you expect doesn't come to fruition the knee-jerk reaction to demand that it be done to your liking seems it's become more pervasive. I was most aware of it, obviously, when The Last Jedi came out and people started this movement to all this money was pledged, but mind you, none was collected. (laughs) So dumb. There's a huge difference between pledging a bunch of money and actually giving a bunch of money to something. But to to realistically expect that that's going to have any bearing on what a company or does with intellectual property is really pretty narcissistic and pretty foolish. Now, in one circumstance that it 
seem to have paid off in the right way is the whole Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> that definitely an example, yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, these people came at it from the perspective of, hey, man, I'm really into this. And what I'm getting here is this, this, you're missing it and visually. Right. And they right. took it to heart and decided to do something with it. Sometimes doesn't that empower these fucking dudes? Oh, and, and, and that's what and it is. Girl, yeah. Like men and women to do this kind of say, shit? Blue? Well, no, no. What I was going to say is no offense to Sonic the Hedgehog, man, people who dig it, you know, I, I like Sonic too, not enough to make a movie, but whatever. That movie needs as much. Positive press. Positive press, as much weight behind it to be successful. Game of Thrones doesn't need you. It it hasn't. It's the biggest show on TV as of right now. Everyone was on waiting on pins and needles to watch the final episode and this final season. The entire globe, this is a global phenomenon. It is one of the top five shows ever to be put on TV. It so this little petition is, you know, a bullet bouncing off of Superman at this point. Unfortunately, this is really shitty to say, but I think it has tarnished the overall show. Not, um, not, not this season. So. I'm not. No, no. We'll uh, talk about how great the yeah. the season was and all that. I'm talking about the bandwagon that has started. Mm -hmm. You have fans that have loved this show for eight years going on and saying, I, "You just wasted eight years of my life." And I'm thinking, they're wrong. You, you imbecile. Yeah. Let's just say you hate this last season. They gave you seven years. Ten years. Seven well, seasons. they give you 10 years, yeah. seven seasons yeah. of you sitting on your couch and enjoying Glued. unbelievable entertainment, mm -hmm. movie quality entertainment every week. Right. And now because you don't like how it ended, it just shits on the rest of the seasons. Wrong. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. Who's next? Fuck that. That pisses me off. No. And then to, to bank on, to go back to Eric's thing. As far as Sonic goes, yeah, that is probably the case where it did really work out. And and it wasn't like a hateful thing, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't like, you guys totally screwing this up, blah, blah, blah. It was more like, hey, guys, uh, Sonic has a little bit more of a certain distinctive Well, look. no, they did memes, and they made fun of it. Of course, but it, yeah. it wasn't the, the Vitriol. venom that comes with remaking The Last Jedi and the venom that comes with this. This season was rushed in Game of Thrones. Or anything, you know, like we talk Captain Marvel, or we don't need female superheroes, or we don't need this. Let's let's not ruin our Star Wars by making representation a big thing or stuff like all these straws people are grasping at is just ridiculous. That's the point. There's just tons of people are grasping at straws. Like, uh, did you say it or Eric said it? People are just narcissistic when they start getting this way, and and the sense of ownership of something they really don't own. I think these people know that this will never ever happen. I just I just can't believe they put their energy and their time. That's right. Go find a cause and go to your state legislation and do these goddamn petitions. Go to go to houses and try to figure out the problems with homelessness. Try to figure out Flint, Michigan still doesn't the, have clean water. Exactly. exactly. Put your fucking energy into something useful. It's just the entitlement is is what's really drives me mm -hmm. crazy. 19.3 million people watched that final exactly. episode, and now, they're done. It, no, not, not, the whole crew has moved on. All the actors and actresses move on. D&D &D have definitely moved on. HBO has moved on. They're already making a new show in June. They're already going to start filming in June. They have a bunch of little spinoffs. They do not care. This is The fact that it came out is the easiest part at this point. 
They so talk about all you want because that just gives them more press. Just like just like what happened with Captain Marvel. Everybody was upset that Captain Marvel was a was a female and all that shit. Still made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Still gave it more press. And look at that. Once that's uh, once it made its money, everybody shut up. We should probably shut up about it then. We're giving them press too. Yeah, well, fuck them. Fuck them. They're small potatoes. Let's move on. I got that off my chest. We have a voicemail from a new listener. His name is Jim. Always welcome. And Jim actually sent a voicemail over. From the office? No. Damn it. Sent over a voicemail to Rogue One when I was on. And he started naming off all these podcasts that he liked. And I was like, fucking hey, Jim. How come you don't, you don't listen to us? Huh. So Jim started listening to us. And he sent us a voicemail. How are you gentlemen doing? I uh, rode into Rogue One, a podcast for winners, cha-ching, and you happened to be helping Johnny record Arage, and you directly told me that I needed to listen to the Sith list, and I actually did feel bad because uh, I did enjoy the, your appearances <laughs> Good. Good, on Rogue Jim. One. When I was branching out, I should have gone to Sith List. But if it makes you feel any better, I've uh, listened to like your first six or seven episodes, your newest ones. And then I've hit a backlog and I'm already 40 deep. Just wow. a question that sounds I apologize like for, for calling time. you guys for years, but I needed to spice it up because this is my first time right now. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim. So, uh, I wanted to throw my uh, love on the table of Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. And oh, Boo is fist bumping right now. was the fan of Arnold. That Less than Boo. That much more of a badass. Uh, happy <laughs> birthday the other day, by the way, Boo. Thank I you. just wanted to figure out, I wanted to find out your favorite movies by Arnold, maybe your favorite lines. If I could throw in my two favorite lines from Arnold, Shit. First off, I got to say, I wish I could say this was my story, but my buddy had an outgoing voicemail that was from Predator. And if you remember the scene where he's covered in mud, he set up all the traps and then he's standing by the waterfall and he lights that torch and starts screaming. Yeah. When you called my buddy, you just hear very quiet. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And then what seemed like 40 seconds of it. Dun, 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 dun. That's amazing. And uh, man, that's just fantastic. My favorite quotes from Arnold, and uh, I think you should sample them. Sample them because they're that good. It's Arnold in End of Days when he he's talking to Satan. By the way, Lord of the Flies, <laughs> Beals above himself, and he yeah. says, "You think you're bad? You're choir boy compared to me. A nice. choir boy." Pretty nice. fucking great. And, Jim, uh, I'm not going to sample. That shit's rad. Uh, and it's a pretty famous, oh, well, for Arnold fans, it's famous. When uh, he gets offered the the contract to be mm-hmm. a stalker, and yep. he says, uh, I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you save some room for my fist because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and, and break, break your fucking spine. spine. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. That was right. Did your Arnold? Why did I start listening to uh, the Sith list? Because you told me to. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Jim, I'm not going to sample shit. You are spot on with the Arnold, man. That was great. I I had flashbacks. That was really good. Thank you, first of all, for listening to me berate you on, uh, on Rogue One. And thank you for listening to us. Your petition worked. 
My petition worked. Look at that. Your petition worked. You're right. Maybe it does work. You hypocrite. Damn it. But we really appreciate it. And we apologize for the first 20 or so. And hopefully you're listening. Yeah, you are listening still. So that's great. Thank you for sending that in. Keep sending voicemails, emails, whatever. That We really appreciate it. My favorite one actually comes from the censored version on television. It was Predator. And it was... It's all a bunch of baloney. <laughs> all of it. It's all a bunch of baloney. All of it. <laughs> That's and, some of the best ways to watch movies is when uh, they change. Because especially like uh, with Snakes on a Plane, where he's like, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. They have to switch him up. Yeah, I'm sure. Say the, so I'm, I'm tired, tired of these, these melon farming snakes. Yes. <laughs> My melon farming. Yeah, he can't say it twice. So he's like, these motherfucking snakes on this mother trucking plane. He's just like, oh my, <laughs> it's just best. entertainment it's in itself. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so that's one I love, and I also love what's the matter, Hawkins? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. pencils. Ah! <laughs> that's him berating Carl Weathers. Yeah, yes. take it easy on yourself. Full Josh. circle, Mando. Full oh, circle. Look at Full that. circle. You pull some stupid shit and get us out here in the meat grinder. <laughs> Put it in the meat grinder and spit you out. <laughs> Stick this into a meat grinder. <laughs> Strathers, you gotta have a couple, dude. I don't even know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. <laughs> oh, Did I, you guys see him get drop kicked? Yeah. You what? Know, oh, dude, oh, that was dude. ridiculous. They should have killed that guy. <laughs> they should have killed uh, that guy. So, yeah, just to I'm bring sorry. you up to speed. Who's, so, Arnold was in South Arnold? Africa, uh-huh. and he was at some, like, event. He was, like, signing autographs. And he was on his phone and talking and hanging out with people, and some dude just ran up and drop kicked him from behind. <laughs> but the they, be- didn't, they didn't even knock him down. The guy part? hits the yeah, deck. Because he's a brick dude, wall. Yeah. Best part, it didn't even phase him. Phase him. He turns Nothing. around. He his bodyguards got him in a headlock. He's like, no, let me have him. Eric, go ahead. Eric was going to give us Yes, please give us something good. Ah, uh, dude, I, I honestly, man, probably some of my favorite stuff is from Terminator, the original Terminator, but also Terminator 2. But mm-hmm. in in uh, Predator, I love the scene. I don't know why, where he's going, do it. Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> Kill me. I'm right here. Right. Kill me. I'm oh, here. Now. That is Kill awesome. me now. He's so great. He um, <laughs> so I was way into Arnold when I was into bodybuilding, you know, because he's still like one of the, the most mm-hmm. aesthetically pleasing physiques. He, yes. You know, he wasn't near, he wasn't nearly as big as like the modern bodybuilders are. No. And, but when he was winning, uh, a, the sand house, he yeah. was, yeah. He was winning Olympias. Yeah. As big, but dude, he was amazing. So if you watch like pumping iron, the, ah. like the classic, yeah, I started it off for him, right? That's, he's got some great stuff in there, man. And his English isn't nearly as good. It's pretty gold. Doesn't he say something about jizzing or something? The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump. You know, as uh, having sex with a woman. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous, yes. but it's, it's just so good. You're like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, that's a good one. That's when he's, ah! <laughs> So for some reason, one of the ones that I always liked in Terminator 2 was uh, when he's talking about, we got to go home first. We got to go to my house. Todd and Janelle are dicks. We got to go warn them. And he says, no, the T-1000 will definitely try to reacquire you there. (laughs) How do you know? I would. I would. (laughs) That's epic. Uh, epic. What's my favorite one Uh, from Commando? And uh, him and it's the final battle with the, oh, the big say, guy. Don't take mine, but go for it. And yeah. he throws him into the steam pipe. And yes. it, it pales him and he's like, let's off some steam, Bennett. Oh, yeah. I love 
that. That's so good. The guy's just standing there with the, the It's the one-liners that are the oh, best. Oh, the best. I'll just stick around. That's, that's yeah, my other around. one. When he hacks the guy with the, the K-bar and he yeah. sticks him to the post and he's like, stick around. <laughs> What happened uh, to Sully? I let him go. Oh like, yes, that's mine. That's mine. Uh, Cause yeah, my it's got to be my favorite Commando is my favorite Arnold movie. I could watch that a million times. <laughs> and the guy, uh, uh, the guy that he lets go, Sully. Yeah, Sully. Um, he tells him, but when he's when he's getting kidnapped, I'm gonna kill you oh, last. That's right. He's like, I'm gonna kill you last. I like you, Sully. That's why I'm gonna kill you last. Yeah, and then he gets to him first, and he's holding him off the ledge. Mind you, <laughs> holding an entire dude off the ledge of a cliff. Or something like that. Yeah. And, 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 in and a lateral raise. Yes. Just for, you bo- for you weightlifting people out there. Yes! You working out, dudes. It's, he's got him in a straight lateral, <laughs> front lateral like, raise. He's around, too, and he's holding him like it's nothing. And the guy's like, gets all his information. He's like, but wait, you said I was, you said I was gonna, you were gonna kill me last. He's like, I did. I lied. And lets him go. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah! shit. Yeah. The guy screams as he tumbles down the cliff. And then there's the car is like flipped over, just goes over and just, Fucking just power cleans this shit and just flips it all the way over. And he's like, we got a car now. Awesome scene. Awesome movie. Highly recommend it. Oh, my. If you haven't seen Commando. Oh, everybody. And Commando's oh, classic. Amazing. Alyssa Milano's in it. And she's like 14. Mm-hmm. Just nuts. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Great oh, movie. Yeah. Fantastic. And then Cheech Marin's daughter's in it. Or no, Chong's daughter. Chong. Ray Chong. Dong Chong. Ray Dong Chong. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. Yeah. Great movie. Fantastic. That's the one where he's he's the original like cable or for you comic book people out there, the dudes with all the guns. Yes. He's walking up with like a full arsenal. Enough to like legit outfit a company. Yes. <laughs> a full That's army funny. company and go, okay guys, we're gonna storm a it, castle. Yes. Isn't Ray's brother in it long? Long dong tong? <laughs> Her name was Ray. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh hey, see, man! I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, I'm gonna give you that. But this was like whenever I, I still say, guys, this. Oh. I want. I went on this whole bend with Araj about how I forgot to talk about when we were talking about Endgame, and I was wanting to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Barton's daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I wouldn't call him Hawkeye. I just called him Barton. But yeah. daughter, you, about her name. Did you know what her name is? I said her first name is Pink. And it's fucking <laughs> finally, it's pink eye. God, I had to start that joke from like 90 yards back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the buildup, man. I got it on the 10-yard line at least. Yeah. Like, wait, what, her name is Pink? Oh, that's cool. It's Pink. Wait, no, dude, it's Pink Eye. Oh, fuck. Uh, <sighs> oh, well, thank, thank you, Jim. <laughs> What does okay. that mean to you, Eric Strathers? This one's called The Trooper! That's The Trooper oh. by Iron Maiden, and it's a classic. Whenever we play that song live in Throw the Horns, that's when you know we're having a kick-ass time and it's the end of the night. That is a monster number, man. And here's an interesting thing. If anybody who's familiar with songwriting structure at all, the chorus of The Trooper is... That's the chorus. There's no lyrics in it. It's all verses and then That's that. True. What I think of Iron Maiden, I think of being a kid and loving the videos and seeing the leather spikes on their arms and going, that is fucking heavy metal. Like <laughs> they, they are the epitome of heavy metal to me is Iron Maiden. And if you listen to their, their songs, they're just so fast and so vicious. They're just heavy metal. They're metal. 
Throw yeah, the horns? They, like you said, throw the horns? That's what I think of, throwing the horns <laughs> up when I hear Maiden. They invented that gallop sound. And that's like a staple of their music. Maiden is just another level. Yeah, Maiden's another level. I don't know, man. I might, I might get my black card revoked if I start doing that. <laughs> if I start going that far into it. You're so, allowed to like Maiden. Just a little. Just, just a tad. I'll stay, I'll stay with that and uh, run to the hills. Fear <laughs> of the dark. We're going to do this randomly every episode. One of us is going to pick a random song, and we're going to play it into the microphone, and we're going to stop what we're doing, and we're going to talk about it. And that's what you just experienced. We'll come up with the name of this, of this segment. Music Minute, maybe something like that. Ooh, the Music Minute. There it is. Boo. Since your birthday, you've become like, I was going to say smart, but I didn't say that. Ouch. Ouch. I, I know. No, Damn, no. man. No. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, Lord. Listen. I'm, I'm a year wiser. That's what you mean. That's exactly I, yeah. what I meant. I'm mean, getting closer to being a sage. That's yeah. exactly what I meant. Hey, so you want to talk about music real quick? You know, Throw the Horns is we're releasing an album. Oh, and yes. We, we got a, we like released our first single and there's a lyric video for it that uh it's pretty what? dope man dude tell get, send it over we're gonna put it on the show notes all right here I'm, I'm just gonna send you a youtube link absolutely send me the youtube link and we'll put that on the show notes so you can watch it that's that's great throw the horns my dream is to have a beer in my hand one day and watch throw the horns and eric shredding one day one day the middle guitar solo in this particular song is by my buddy austin and he wow <laughs> that dude can play man shreds huh Oh yeah, he is. He is something else. Am I allowed to say shreds if I don't play guitar? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then you're supposed to say melt, right? Uh, you're asking wrong guy. To- you gotta... Totally melts your face. That's no, that's what I think. You play guitar fast as hell. You're shredding. Yeah, because whenever I hear like an awesome guitar riff, I'm like, oh fuck, people are just their jaws are on the ground, and it reminds me of uh, the end of uh, Raiders. Oh yeah, when they're all fucking melting. I'm like, yes, that's what I feel like. Damn. All right. I think you'll dig this song. I do think you'll like it. Okay. I can't wait. Let's get into some comic book TV movie news. This is a big one, guys. We have a Batman, it looks like. I'm sure there's a petition out already for it. Oh, Christ. Sources tell Freddy that Robert Pattinson is in negotiations to play the Batman in Matt Reeves' forthcoming superhero film, which hits theaters June 25th, 2021. While sources say it's not yet a done deal, Pattinson isn't the top choice and is expected to close shortly. Warner Brother has no comment. If it's in variety, that means it's done. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves' vision for the Batman is a noir-driven story that focuses more on the detective abilities of Batman. And while there will almost certainly be some action, it appears the analytical side of Batman will take center stage. Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt may not be the most obvious choices for Batman to some, but that could be because this won't be the typical Batman movie everyone is used to. This comes from a variety. Who's Nicholas Holt? He's Beast. In he's the newest Tolkien. X-Men movies, he's, he's going to be Tolkien. My preferred Batman would be like Ben Affleck, but I like Robert Pattinson. And if it is Nicholas Holt, probably not going to be because they're both very good actors. Very uh, good looking. Very good looking. Uh, they're young. They can be locked in for a little while because having <laughs> Ben Affleck for a little bit kind of gave you a taste, then it's gone. That sucks. Nobody wants it. What did it taste like for you? Sweat. I was, ben not, Affleck a, sweat I was not expecting sweat. Ben Affleck sweat. Okay. Ben Affleck sweat. I think this is great. Yes. I like this guy. Me too. I, I'm not into the Twilight films, but I've seen his work in other films. He's a really good actor. He's got the look. If you go on the internet, people have already put him in a bat suit. People have already put him in like this film noir style. He can be scruffy and gruffy. 
I think this is a win. Remember, when Christian Bale became Batman, people freaked out. He doesn't look like Batman. He's 170 pounds. He was just in The Machinist. He was 110 pounds in that movie. Yeah. How is this guy going to be Batman? Heath Ledger, Joker, people freaked out. So I think you should give this guy a shot, and I think it's going to work. I, I think all he needs to do is maybe he doesn't, maybe if he does the Tobey Maguire thing and just leans, gets really lean to where he does look muscular, you know, and, and just uh, lean and toned up, he'll be fine. If we get this look, which for Batman, we get the detective look and more of him being able to solve crimes and, you know, do investigations and all that stuff. Cause those are abilities of Batman that nobody really, Seems. we don't really get to see. Yeah. It's going to be know, cool, man. Uh, we forget that Michael Keaton, his Batman would sit in the Batcave and analyze things. He was able to, you know, break down the Smilex gas. He was able to, you know, do the detective work and the chemical work and show his all the other abilities he had. So if we're going to hold that candle. Like if we're going to hold that and also maybe even take the elements of Bale's Batman and Batman Begins where he went and did all of the training. And that was basically all it was, was just all the fighting training to get all the fighting styles done. Well, why can't we get this one where it's just, you know, him in the dark alleys and he's just, you know, following behind the detectives. And after they miss a clue or two, he picks up on it and he's like, this is what you guys are missing. Let me go in this direction. I think it'll be great. I I agree. Yeah, no. And one of my favorite aspects is not just the gadgets, but the bat computer, the analysis that he can do elsewhere, just the gadgets that he has, you know, not just the batter rings or the, or the grappling hook, but you know, the detective stuff that you can do right there. That's awesome. And you know, with the, you know, modern CGI and stuff like that, we can have him recreate an entire scene of what just happened all through his own I vision. I think that's exactly what we're going to do. Shit get. like that. And it's be visually fucking insane. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, back computer stuff, all that fun so shit. So more like Arkham. Yes. Exactly. More like the video game. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah, because that's pretty much, yeah, in the yeah, game, Batman. you can yeah, be you're a detective. Up, but your deal is to solve mm-hmm. all of the puzzles yes. in the game. And you know what? Yeah, give Pattinson a chance, man. Absolutely, Jeez. the guy's got the guy's got chops. I don't. It, it, we're not going to be happy. Let's be honest. Christian Bale gave us a Batman that we really take for granted. Now. I'm Batman. We take that Batman for granted. And Ben Affleck gave us a glimpse of what an older Batman would have been. Which, so I, I mean, I agree with you, Boo. Like he came in, gave us a tease, and I'm like, oh, this Batman would be awesome. He's going to be older. He's bulkier. This is the Dark Knight, but he's gone. So this is it. If this is who they chose and this is what Matt Reeves wants to go with. Just roll with it. Just roll with it, people. Write a petition. <laughs> you know what, man? I bet he does a great job. Seriously. I bet he does. The, my Probably my biggest regret in all this is that I missed the super obvious joke that somehow our buddy Steel Saunders comes out of left field with and mm-hmm. wins the internet when he but, said, apparently... Vampires really do turn into bats. That's right. That was funny. Wow. That was awesome. Did he really say that? I saw your tweet too. You're like, you're upset at yourself for missing that, right, Eric? Yeah. I just, I can't (laughs) believe that. Yeah. It was ace job for him, man. That was really good. Yeah. I think this is going to be great. He's going to encompass exactly what Matt Reeves is trying to do with this thing. So we have an email from Colton. Howdy, guys. Hope y'all are doing well. I rewatched Infinity War after dropping back into town last night from the Ranger station. I think I prefer it to Endgame. Both are great, but that's not why I'm emailing. How do you think the movie's ending would have felt if Doctor Strange would have said 
that the Avengers won in two possible futures instead of just one. Ooh, I haven't heard this take yet. It's probably because I know the ending now, but I think the Battle of Titan between Thanos and the Guardian slash New York City Avengers could have felt more purposeful, purposeful and the defeat even worse. It also could have made for some good intervening discussion between Endgame's release about whether both shots were blown, first on Titan and again on Earth with Thor. Anyways, hope you all have a great weekend, and I hope that Game of Thrones conclusion kicked ass. Won't get to watch it till next weekend. Cheers, Colton. Les, you want to take on this question? If there was two possible futures instead of one, what do you think? Well, if there were two, I don't think... I think that would just change everything. Ultimately, I don't think Strange would have given up the stone. I'm sure Strange would have been able... I'm sure Strange would have told flat out, there's two ways we win. This is one of them. He would have been able to say exactly one of them. He probably wouldn't have told Stark the other one that we all seen, for those of you who have, have actually seen in-game. I think it does more than just change the results of the battle. I think it completely would change the whole story and the direction we would go. Or he would have told them both. Can you imagine him saying, okay, so here's one way we win, and then here's the other way where you end up getting all the stones and snapping your fingers and you die? So what do you want to do here? Yeah. And then start going, well, not that fucking one. Yeah, I don't want to die. (laughs) Not that one. (laughs) Let's do the other one. Yeah. But still, seriously, it obviously would have changed a whole different... It would have just given given us... Maybe you wouldn't have been able to end the phase... It probably wouldn't have. Yeah. No. Who knows? Uh, that's a good question. It's a good take too. Thanks, Colt. Yeah, I haven't heard that take before. Plus, with with that, you know, with having the two options, you always wonder: Is this the right one? Is this the way we do it? Is this because you know he can't tell him everything? You know, so so it's one of those: How do we do this? Are are we are we merging ideas? Are we merging you know this way and that way? So I think I think it would have created more indecision in their ability to win kind of thing yeah and i think it would have felt more purposeful mm-hmm. the, between the guardians and new york avengers yeah nice, nice way of putting that That's yeah a good way of breaking it down new york avengers i like that yeah the nyc avengers well thanks colton and that's because there's a West Coast like, Avengers, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. Well, actually. Well, I, well, well actually. Well, actually. I see, I see the glasses getting pushed up. Well, yeah. actually, guys. <laughs> I love people that have first names for first and last names. Colton Michael. Michael Colton. Like Duncan Keith. Like Duncan Keith. Like Araj. Dolichahi. <laughs> yeah, your last name's a <laughs> What are you talking about? Perfect. Perfect example. Yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. We have a On the Throne with King Tom uh-huh. that has to do with... Some Infinity More, Infinity More, some Infinity War action, some Marvel stuff. Let's do On the Throne with King Tom. Gentlemen, the King. Hey there, Sith listeners and Sith listeners. It's hard to believe it's almost been a month since Infinity War came out. I've now we've gone to see it in the theaters four times and still think it's a great movie. And each time I see it, it's one of those things I notice different new things or I have new questions. And I have two questions, one about the Infinity Saga's past and one about the MCU's future that have kind of been brewing in my mind for a little bit. And I, I can't think of any one better to ask. The first question, at the end of Age of Ultron, there's a big scene when Cap, Thor, and Tony are talking, and Tony makes a comment about how he feels like there's someone 
guiding him or manipulating him and the stones. At the time, I thought that that was going to be a huge plot point, big statement in the closing segment of the movie. But then it wasn't really overtly followed up on. At the time, I think people were thinking it's either Thanos, which is probably most likely, or it's some unseen, unknown character we don't know yet who's trying to help the good guys. If you think back to that, who do you think it was? But also I want to throw out something knowing what we know now about Endgame. What if it was a time-displaced Steve Rogers who was working from the sidelines to try and help without overtly helping? That's my first question. My second is about the Infinity Stones themselves. In the comics, in one of the Infinity miniseries, they did something where the Elders of the universe said the stones, or gems in the comics, could never be used together again, which was a plot device they adhered to for a few years, which kept them from using the stones as a major thing. Here in the movies, there is no such declaration, and the stones are still out there in the, in the universe. I'm thinking that they're going to try and stick to their guns, and we won't see the stones used together again for decades, if even. But do you think that we will see the stones again in the future separately? I mean, I have a feeling that we will with Doctor Strange because the Eye of Agamotto is a key element to that character. But do you think we will see the others crop up here and there as Easter eggs or smaller plot devices? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing they have ideas for where they want to take things. It's Marvel. They have decades of stories to draw upon. But I don't ever. Now and then I think, well, it is Marvel that could always throw one in in the background somewhere. Hmm. Anyway, those are just some questions I had relating to Endgame and the future of the MCU. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. King Tom, we miss you, buddy. I know. You need to come back on soon. I know. So I guess like the first question, I do think it's Thanos because him and Tony have a connection, and Thanos has been on his mind or in his mind or you know in his nightmares and things like that for a long time. So I think it is Thanos. I don't think it's somebody else. I don't think Steve is doing anything else from the sidelines, you know, time displays Steve. I think he values what he has too much as far as Peggy and the life that he's created to do anything, you know, to, to risk it. And then if, do they bring the stones back? My gut says no, cause I wouldn't dig it. I wouldn't dig it. Not you wouldn't want to see the stones back ever at all. again, ever again. I, I never want to see him again. There's there's other things that they can do. Plenty of other, plenty of other. Just like King Tom said, there's decades of stories. Um, maybe talk about them. Talk about them a little bit. You know where they are and things like that. But actually bring them around. No, not, not even in in singular. You know, one stone at a time kind of thing. I think I think it'll be fine. So yeah, so I I don't think the stones will be back. I wouldn't want them back either. I think I would. Oh man, it's a devil. I I don't want them to use it as a big plot device. Because that would take away from what we just felt when we watched Endgame. But I would like to just know where the hell some of those stones are again. You know, there's some questions out there, as we all have gone over a hundred times. Like, this, where the hell is the soul, soul stone? Mm-hmm. And where, I want to know where a lot of those, those stones are. So, I don't want to, I don't want to see it as a plot device, but I would like to see them somewhere, somehow... Like King Tom said, maybe in the background or something. What do you think, Les, about this? Well, as far as Tony feeling that someone's guiding him, what I got in Endgame was that the Ancient One knew everything. 
Well, she didn't know everything because she didn't know that Doctor Strange gave up the stone. Everything, everything made sense to her, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, when he, every, oh, everything when he, when made he said sense that, yes. to her. When it clicked, she's like, clicked, oh, shit. Yeah. And, and she was able yeah. to put things together and go, okay, let me make this decision. And, uh, and well, uh, hold on. She figured it all out. She said, you're doing it wrong. These have to be put back. She she it clicked and the exact and spot. it clicked and then it even, and then she's like now you have to do this so I could so, yeah. I, I could throw a bone that way you know and say maybe the ancient one and the other parts of the sanctum other other people from the uh, from Doctor Strange's camp the wizards the sorcerers supreme I could see that like them doing that it could be them or I'll pretty much stick with that one um, ultimately though for seeing the stones again I just think they'll be mentioned. Um, I don't yeah, know. I think they'll definitely be mentioned. I don't know if they'll ever be truly, and if they are out there, great. That they can be. I don't. I mean, being used as plot devices, and like actually, that's the end of a movie. Like, hey, we got it. Like in Thor: The Dark World, they had to get the ether, which was the reality stone. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, jack, you know. But yeah, maybe they could stay away from that for a while, and in you know a few years, start trying to bring that stuff back. It'd be interesting what they do bring back. Like not not bring back what what the next stones are going to be like what is the next big thing that they all have to go after that's going to be uh, you know what I think they're going to use is the so it's this thing called the power cosmic oh and what the power cosmic is is and I'll be honest I don't know much about it I just know that a lot of uh, the heralds of Galactus and other cosmic beings have tapped into this so the silver surfer is imbued with the power cosmic uh, i think Cal- captain marvel could be skewed that way as oh yeah she's part of the power cosmic and that could be one of the things that they try to utilize there's another thing called the ultimate nullifier which was what was used to dis- to help fight off galactus in the fantastic four when they in the comics when they first had an encounter with him there are so many other things out there that they could. And naturally, that would be the next one. Like, Eric, you know about Galactus. You used to read comic books like crazy. Yeah. Is Galactus, do you think that's going to be the next big evil that they're going to have to go against? The next phase, phase four? I think it would be hard to be relatable. Yeah. I think it would be tough to deal with because he's just, he's massive. What are you, what are you supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To explain Galactus to people that are listening that don't know what the hell we're talking about. Well, Galactus is uh, a a cosmic being, obviously. He's not a celestial. I don't think he's an eternal. He's just a a living being. Uh, But in physical form, how does he look In physical form, the deal is this, though. He appears. His physical form takes shape of the planet he's about to consume. So whatever the people are there, that's what he looks like to them. Okay. So Galactus is a giant world eater. Obviously, he has to consume whole planets. So when he shows up to humanoid planets that have pe- people on inhabitants that look like humans, he's going to look that way. So that's why he looks how he looks. Uh, if he shows up to a place where they're all liquid protozoa or yeah, whatever, he'll, 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 look, like he'll that. look like that. Okay. That's what he looks like. So yeah, he's just a, a gigantic, he's big enough to consume suns. So that's what he'd look It'd like. Because cool he's been called gigantics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gigantor. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, how they would do it, I, I could see them pulling it off in a way. To be honest, Galactus would make sense, but I think that horse got beat to death when they tried to do the Rise of the Silver Surfer. 
That's that's my thing. I think they want to separate as much as they can. Like the X-Men, they're going to wait. The Fantastic Four, they're not going to wait as long because the X-Men are still fresh. You know, there's a movie coming out next month about the X-Men. So I think the X-Men, we're going to have to wait a little bit. The Fantastic Four, I think, will be the next ones that we talk about from the Fox purchase, but it's going to take a little bit. I don't think it'll be in phase four. It'll be towards the end of phase four, that kind of thing. Okay. Because they want to create a separation and say, this is what we have. Them, them hinting at Namor could be a really big thing because he attacks the surface a lot. And to get a threat from under the ocean would be a big deal. Like, I think they could do something there with that. Wow. That'd be cool. By the way, it's three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's not long at all. No. Yeah, see, so... Damn. Yeah, so I guess... Just, and and if, Disney, if anybody can do it, Disney can. They made it very clear with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They completely changed the feeling of Spider-Man from being old and tired to fresh blood and people super excited so yeah i i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong and mm-hmm. then they plug shit in real fast i'm sure they're cooking stuff up right now while we're sitting oh, here I'm recording sure. they'll drop it tomorrow though yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you king it tom it all comes back it all yeah. comes together <laughs> all right well, i think we're gonna get into what everybody's been waiting for well maybe not everybody no I mean, yeah maybe yeah. not that the, Mil- the million the people that signers, did, yeah. that petition did get a million people by the way yeah, fuck them yeah there's one million people that signed it so we're gonna get into game of thrones if you haven't watched it we're going to spoil the shit out of it so we're gonna get into it right now okay so let's start off this game of thrones review of the final episode in the history of game of thrones with an email from dylan Hey Sithless, Game of Thrones is finally finished. I personally love the finale episode. I know the internet is lighting it up, but I think part of that is because they don't want the show to end. My favorite thing about the end was how Bran let John off the hook for killing Danny. Sure to Grey Worm, it seems like John is getting the life sentence, but Bran obviously knew how John would be treated by the Wobblings, and I'd be willing to put money on the fact that he knew they were at Castle Black. My question is this, where do you see this ending in five years? Will it turn more positive like The Sopranos, or will the internet stay negative and go with the likes of Dexter? Happy podcasting. Great question, Dylan. Thank you. And Dylan, me and Dylan were going back and forth on Twitter, DMing each other about mm-hmm. predictions and what he thought and what I thought. Um, it was really fun actually doing it with him. Well, that didn't sound good. What were you doing? Well, we were just DMing. Oh. He slid into my DM. He slid into your DM. Yeah. Okay. So Dylan, instead of answering this question, we're going to answer this question by going over some stuff. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And thank you, by the way. He put happy podcast. That's very nice of you. So let's talk about some points. Well, first, let's see. Did we all like it? Okay, yeah. So first, let's talk about if we all liked it. Because this has been one of the most polarizing finales in history of Mm -hmm. television. My take is it wasn't a great episode, but it was really good. Mm -hmm. And I was satisfied with it. And it hit on all the notes that I wanted to hit on. Except for I wasn't happy what they did with John. But I felt better about it after I rewatched it two mm-hmm. times. It made me feel not sick to my stomach, but it gave me a, a feeling of like I was rottenness. Ups- a rottenness of how they treated him at the end. I didn't like that, but rewatching it, mm-hmm. it might be the best possible outcome for him. And we'll go get into that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It wasn't a great episode. It was very good. I liked it. And the big thing for me is that it returned to what the show is about. In all essence, it is a political drama, and mm-hmm. that's what it turned out to be. 
He's just a political drama with dragons and swords. Westeros wing. There you pretty much, actually, yes, pretty much. And it finished out to what it is. You know, people not exactly dividing up things, but you know, people deciding how things are gonna be done in Westeros. And so I I liked it. I, I liked the way it ended. It made sense. Is it the safe ending? Essentially, yes. But does it give you a sense of hope and light in a very, very dark world? Yes. And I didn't expect that to happen, and I'm glad it did. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I so I dug it absolutely. Yeah, I hear you. I agree about how they treated Jon Snow, but that was what they were gonna do. We all knew if if you didn't think he wanted to just go and be a ranger and establish, you know, wildling communities and get and go out and rebuild, because that's what he's gonna end up having to do. Let's be honest. There's so much destruction and devastation has been left by the White Walkers. They have to go back and rebuild all those things. And who better than the guy that they all love? They truly love Jon Snow. I wasn't upset, upset. Other than that, it was still all good. I like how it ended. They did a little fan service in there and dropped sure the did. title of the, the novels which, on us. Which actually, a lot of people are talking shit on that, right? They said it was really cheese ball and cheesy. And I know, I know Steel didn't like it. And I said, and, and I went back and I thought of a film. I sent him a message with uh, the picture of Neverending Story, but I was just joking. And I said, wait a minute, this has been done. But then after I did that, I realized that Lord of the Rings did it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was homage to Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yes. I'm a little bit better with it now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was okay with that. At least it didn't leave. Like, so when watching The Sopranos and it cuts to black and you're just like, what the, f- what? The, yeah you know what i mean or when i watched the series finale of the wire and just so many questions left unanswered unanswered and i'm just like oh that's how it's gonna uh yeah i like how they kind of answered pretty it, much it, everything. at least here you go okay Drogon. you have an idea where things are going you have an idea of what's going on uh so i'm okay with that i'm pointed in the right direction in all directions and i'm okay with that okay cool so we all give it the sithless seal of approval yep for the final episode now let's get into it here. The intro was really cool, man. If you notice, King's Landing was beat to shit, mm-hmm. which I loved, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So that was really cool. But the show starts with Tyrion walking through the carnage that Danny did. And it's very similar to the scene, I think is up season six, I might be wrong, where he's walking through carnage against the Lannisters. Remember the, oh, the, the army? army? Yes. Yeah, very, very similar. It's the Tarly army. The Tarly army. Yeah. That's, right. That's, that's right. right. that's right. That's right. That's right. And she ends up burning them. Yep. So after, uh, and that was a pretty good exchange between John Davos and Grey Worm, where they're saying, you know, John and Davos are like, guys, they're defeated. There's yeah. nothing else we need to do. They are done. They're on their knees. They're what not fighting back. What more do you need? And for Grey Worm, he's like, we're going to kill all the enemies of Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Fought so against we'll, them. We kill everyone. Whoever fights against her, we kill. So they just say, okay, fine. Uh, Grey, and that was where we see the first little power struggle. Grey Worm goes to take the knife and John grabs his arm. Yeah, and thought she was going down there. They looked and I'm like, oh no. They start to fight and swords get drawn and pikes get, you know, readied. They did get drawn and pikes they, did get ready. Yeah, yeah. and swords, swords were drawn. Yeah, and then, right. uh, Davos is like, guys, uh, what are we doing here? Oh, because the Unsullied would have killed them all. Guaranteed, John would have died to, to Grey Worm. I'm gonna put that uh, down right now. Yeah, I think great. Yeah, I think yeah. In a, in a head to head, as as awesome as John has is, I think Grey Worm's got got him. Yeah, mm-hmm. those dudes with the uh, the spears know how to do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you know, at that point, after Davos gets everybody to calm down, John basically says, "Okay, fine, I'll just take it to the Queen." 
You know, mm-hmm. let me just take it to the queen. But as he's walking away, Bergman's like, well, by the time you get there, this is all done and said and done. Yeah, he, and just, he just himself just, just starts just slicing start people slicing up. Slicing throats. Tyrion finally walks into the oh, wreckage. man. This was And he's looking around and he's like, okay, let me go and see where. See, go, see if they got through. Let me see if they got through. Let me check things out. He looks, he walks through where the small council meets. He's looking at it like, this is oh, where I stood right. a lot of my time here, being right. the hand of the king. That's the last time he was in King. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes, okay, I got to figure this out. And the worst part about this is he gets down to where they're supposed to have escaped. Yeah. And it's rubble everywhere and no hope. But then you hear the wind blowing and you see like a sliver of light. And he's like, oh, oh. And you go, oh, maybe they did get through because we all thought, what happened? Maybe she did. we did not see our satisfying death. What happened? Tyrion, it, it it cuts to Tyrion coming through finally, and he is pulling. He looks around and starts pulling. He sees that it's completely caved in and sealed off. So it's like okay. And then as he looks, he sees Jamie's hand, mm. and, when and the reins of Castamere is playing. In the yes, background. and when he sees Jamie's hand, oh, he man. just starts pulling and pulling. And you know, maybe he's hoping. Okay, maybe Jamie pushed Cersei out. You know, let's maybe he pushed her out and she got out of here and then he sees and that's it, man. Like, I think he's the last Lannister. Yes. Yes. And how do they make you sad about these two characters? Like, that's the genius of Game of Thrones. I felt genuinely sad about them dead hugging each other. Really? Yeah. I, I felt sad for Tyrion. I was like, well, I felt sad for Tyrion. Yeah. yeah. I and I, and I can understand, but I felt sad for Tyrion, which made me feel something for Cersei and Jamie going, oh man, that that's it. Yeah, like, there could have been a redemption of some type here. <laughs> Maybe not for Cersei, but you know, Jamie had did what he did. But you know what? Tyrion starts crying, and he's he's going through it. Reigns of Castamere plays in a slow version, and then we get to oh the next shot, man. Yeah, we cut it's to the coolest Danny cinematography. Walking up to speak to her soldiers oh. and. The dragon wings. Oh fuck! She has the become, dragon wings come right behind her as uh, she's walking. What a she shot. has become the image of death. She uh, is embodiment of death. I saw that. I was like, "Holy shit!" Such she a is, great shot. She is the green fucking reaper. Mm-hmm. I was like, and, "That and is you know amazing." The crazy she, part she was about off this on it. is her. She doesn't look that way. No. When you see her walking and Drogon's wings come up behind her, and as she's walking, she's got her Dothraki in the back and the Unsullied are standing there pounding their spears and she's just walking out conquered another city and the city and it's really weird because as you see all the co- cities she's conquered and left in fire over time as to and we'll get to that this one was the most destroyed yeah it, it, at least for when she got to marine she was able to take out people in marine and do her thing in a in lead well this one was personal of the city exactly when she went to uh where she got the sl- the unsullied she kind of left that in scorch but it wasn't too bad but this yeah king's landing is it's raining ash king it's not snowing ash. it is the ash of her nuclear attack yeah and but i heard that it was snowing as well no oh, that's winter. all ash that's no all that, no i read the writer said it was snowing when when drogon is underneath that's snow Oh, Ooh. I wish that's I'd rather, not just all ash. I'd rather it have been all ash. Mm. I'd rather it all been ash. But okay, fine. well, ash and snow, snowy ash, uh, and then she imagine the asbestos in the lungs. She yeah, gives this. Later. She gives this speech, and as she's giving her speech, 
you know, she's like, we broke the wheel here. We're going to go on to the rest of the world. And she's naming places that are supposed to be loyal to her. You know what I mean? If you notice that she yeah. she said from Winterfell to Dorne yeah. to, Dorn, to yeah. the Iron Islands. And I'm like, they already, they kind of. They're cool with you, cool Danny. Cool with you, girl. What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, well, she's got that, that the and, drug of power. Right. And, and she believes she's right. She's a dictator in at her, this point. Yeah. And in her head, she's just, and she's happy to be bloody, I guess, if that's the case. She's uh, not fully mad at this point. I think she's fully lost her mind. She right. seems to be fully okay of a person. No, mm-hmm. no, no. She's become the Mad Queen. She's mm-hmm. become her father at this point. Yes. And, and at this point, John is looking at her going, oh, no. Yeah. What's going on here? Tyrion comes Tyrion in. completely walks up to her and walks straight up to her and looks at her. And then they have a quick, they have an exchange. And he takes off his pen as hand of the, of the king, queen. I thought she. I thought honestly, he was going to do something right there. I thought. He I was thought gonna, he was going to try to stab. Her. I thought he was going to stab like, her from behind. Or I'm something. like Tyrion's going to try to. Kill that was my himself. prediction. I was like, hell yeah, my prediction is coming through right there. Call that like, like yeah, she's gonna. He's gonna find a way and kill her himself. But he just takes off his no thing and says, "I do not want this job, and I do not want you." Like no, pretty much. Varys was right. You're fucking crazy. Yeah. So they take him away. Uh, John is trying to walk up to talk to her, and then that's when Arya. Pops up on John and he's like, "What the fuck?" Are straight you doing creeper here? mode. But yeah, good job. Just good job. Straight right. faceless man mode. And she goes, "John, she knows who you are. Who you really are. You'll always be a threat to her. And I know a killer when I see one." And it's only going to get worse because Sansa is not. She is. We are. The North is not going to bend to this person here. We're not going to. Yeah, it's not Serve happening. this queen. Uh, it's going to get ugly. They lock away Tyrion. John finds his way, goes in there. They won't let John at first talk to Tyrion. He basically pulls rank on everyone, gets in there, and then Tyrion basically breaks him down and says, look, you have to take the king. You got to take the throne. You have to do this. You you need to do something here. And it's funny, right? Because the way he breaks it down, he's like, sure, all the people she killed in the past, and that's the key word, killed. Yeah, you know what I mean. She did. She when murdered. She burned people. cities when she yeah. burned the calls in in uh in that tent of the mm-hmm. Dothraki of Vice Dothrak when she killed them. You know she burned. Yeah, fine. They were bad people. Yeah, they were all evil. Cheer her on for killing those bad people, but she killed yeah, yeah. all those people. You know when he killed the slavers. You know she killed all those people. Cheer them on when she went through Karth and uh, raided Karth. You know what I mean? It's like yes, they were all bad people, but she killed them. Like she didn't. Say okay, let's you know take other penance or take other ways no, to yeah. get it. She just flat out murdered. Yeah, she's been showing this a full since blown, season one. Yeah, there's a full blown trail of up. blood that follows Daenerys Targaryen, and he he breaks it down to him that he has to kill her. He doesn't say it, but he tells him you have to kill her. She yeah. has to be stopped. That's right. This you know she's she's going to break the wheel, but she's going to break everything in the wheel in the with the wheel or as yeah exactly. Yeah. So there, there will be if a fuck break in the wheel. There'll be nothing left. Yeah, literally, there's nothing left to King's Landing. There will be nothing left. Oh, she wants to start from scratch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and then what? what where's the stop? That we don't know exactly. how far this world goes in Martin's uh, books. We don't know if, what's west of Westeros is a question that's asked yeah. later on in the show. Yes. And what if she just keeps on rolling? I mean, then what? You know, there'll be nobody left. No one will love her like she was supposed to be loved mm-hmm. as a queen that would be, you know, the breaker of chains. Uh, but then we get Daenerys walking up to the Iron Throne and she's like, 
you know, this is her vision and she sees it. Well, remember, we see the vision. Yes. We we see the vision in season six or seven Mm -hmm. where she walks up and she touches it just exactly to a T. Like three or four. Was it three or four? Oh, yeah, Yeah, you're right. It was early on. Yeah, That's because she also sees Drogon and her baby. And if you remember correctly... He he looks at her and says something like, "My moon, it's time to come." Yeah. and she's like, "Not now." She, she makes the choice. She of makes not- the choice of walking through a door mm-hmm. that has snow coming down. Yes, yes, and then it cuts off. Yes, and she finally touches the throne. Right. Yeah, because in that vision, we don't see her touch the throne. She finally puts her hand on the throne, which was a awesome scene. Yeah, it, was it took really forever cool. for it to happen. But I was just like, "Holy shit, touch it, touch it!" And she finally did. Yes. Holy fuck, she's won. And, she that, and she walks through the vision through those doors. To pretty much walk right into her reality. Yes. Right before John. Mm-hmm. Yes. John is walking up to, I'm, I have to have a word with the queen. And as he's walking, there's this hump of snow. Oh. And then Drogon shakes it off and looks at him, comes close to him. And you can see John fearfully, like, oh no, he could eat me right now. Like, yeah, oh, he, he shit. smells what he's about to do. And feel. John's fearful. And then Drogon just, you know, sniffs, nudges, lets yeah. him pass. Like, it's you cool. know what? You're cool, man. It's great you shot. Can pass. Again. You oh, can pass. My God. Scared the shit out of me because I was like, "Well, nothing is like holy shit." That's moving. great, like pan and out shot. As it. as he walks in, you know, he walks up and there she is. She's happy to see him. She's happy mm-hmm. she won. She's like, "Here you are." Like, oh, she runs to him. You know, she goes to him and hugs him and starts talking about how all, all her grand plans and where we're going. And then Johnny's like, John Snow's like, "Yeah, you killed some kids back there, and there's other people dead." And and. Grey Worm and them are cutting men down that have surrendered. They're killing people still. You can forgive all of them. Make them see they made a mistake. Make them understand. Please, Danny. We can't hide behind small mercies. The world we need won't be built by men loyal to the world we have. The world we need is a world of mercy. It has to be. And it will be. Not easy to see something that's never been before. How do you know? How do you know it'll be good? Because I know what is good. And so do you. I don't. You do. You do. You've always known. What about everyone else? All the other people who think they know what's good. They don't get to choose. They don't don't get get to to decide. decide. Those other people don't get to decide. They don't get to decide. We snap choice. He knew he had to do it. And so she goes in to kiss him and he's like, You are my queen. Then he stabs her in the heart. And I'm sure that's where the collective world all gasped at the same time. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are talking shit about, well, you have all the Unsullied there. You have Grey Worm there. How is it possible that he confessed and they didn't kill him right off the bat? I believe it's because Grey Worm is smart enough to know that if they kill Jon Snow, all of the North is coming after them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wants to kill Jon Snow, but he wants to do it in a way that is collectively the smartest decision for no war. Well, pretty much. well and to be honest, if, if there is like a trial and all that, if they do kill Jon Snow, there still will be a war in the, with the North. No yeah. matter what. Oh, yeah. Jon Snow dies, there's war. Yeah. Whether it's by, by justice or by just pure anger. So yeah. I, I, I think Grey Worm sees it also as... He committed a crime, but there's nobody there to, you know, give him the time, essentially. Right. There's nobody there to give out a verdict. 
that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So he's angry, but he knows more. He knows that he's smart enough. There has to be somebody above me to make yeah. these decisions. Yes. And he's like, I can't make this, these decisions. I'm, I'm, it's not my and place. It's not my I, right. I agree. And yeah. at this point, to be honest, this death of all the deaths that we've seen of characters, some were satisfying, some were shocking, some were like, they really need to do that. But this one just hurt. It hurt, but yes. you kind of can go and say, I understand. Oh, this yes. One. 100% justifiable. understand why this had to be done. This had to be done this way, and it had to be John to do it. Mm-hmm. I personally thought he would turn around and be like, I'm Aegon Targaryen, and this, 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 and that, and you know, take over, but no. no. So anyways, Drogon feels his mother die, and he comes in. It would have been a bit much, let's be all real here, if Drogon came in and just ate John on the spot, like, just, just munched him down. Yeah, or even burned him. Or burned him. So, even Drogon exercises a decision, too, which is very cool to see that he has some kind of sentience, and he just says, great, I don't need to be here, my mother is dead, I'm done, my brothers are dead, you know, let's, I'm an, and he starts, he lets out his aggression and anger, and melts the Iron Throne as the basically, you know, showing us this thing that drove her. He broke the wheel. He broke the wheel. Broke Ultimately, the wheel. he's all, this is the thing that drove my mother crazy. That's right. This is poison. This Iron Throne is, look what it did to Cersei. Look what it did to Littlefinger. Look what it did to the Targaryens in general at the beginning. This is the same thing that even though Robert Baratheon didn't want it, he didn't want to give it up either. His brothers killed. Um, we're going to go to war themselves mm-hmm. over this thing. Throughout the season, the series, the Iron Throne has represented so much corruption. Yeah, and it's, it's just it's kind of like the Ring and Lord of the Rings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he melts it, picks up Daenerys. Fantastic scene. Oh, scoops man. her off and then just takes off. That was so sad. And when he flies and, and off, he flies off to the east. Just and, flies and off. Boo and I were talking about where possible because there's all kinds of rumors right and there's also rumors of why he didn't burn john and and is it because john is can't burn but i don't think so because he's not full targaryen he, he could have killed him but no he could have made a choice he made the choice not to yeah he definitely made the Drogon choice made not the to. choice not yes to. absolutely no he made the choice not to and i would think that the little bit of targaryen blood the half of targaryen blood that john has might have played a small part if you want to do that. You want to really base it on that. But I think let's just say in this moment we recognize the sentience mm-hmm. that that John that Drogon is very self aware. Absolutely. And is like, I've been stabbed enough. Mm-hmm. I'm wow. done. Well, and he knows that John loved her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he's he like, does know if it. This is this happened, there's got to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And you know what, people, if we you feel we're putting too much on some dragon computer generated dragon you can let us know. We all like healthy discussions. Right. But Drogon takes off heads east. I would like to think he went to Vice Dothrak, where the Dothraki home. I saw this. I saw this. Where, do you remember in Marine when we see the Red Witch that's there mm-hmm. in, in, in Volantis and stuff like that? Uh, she's the one in the east. She's from the east. She's the same person as uh, Melisandre. Yes. Essentially. Which they are the Lords of Light, or they're the speakers of the Lords of Light, or whatever you want to call them, and they can bring people back to life. That's where Drogon is flying to, to the east, and they say he's going towards Volantis. That's to interesting. Try to get a red priest to bring Daenerys back. To life. I don't know. That's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. It's kind of cool. 
It's, it's cool a cool one. I, I think everybody's. I never think he's probably fruition. just taking her yeah. wherever he took her well, the first time. They flew off if, forever if together. I'm, I'm not mistaken. Essos is in the east, and that's where the initial war between families that had dragons would fight, and the Targaryens came out of that crazy battle, and then they went to Dragonstone. Yeah. No, uh, Drogon knows where home is. Yeah, so I think he's, he's heading to feeling of where home to is bury like her exactly. or leave her where home is. Yes, that's what that's what I'm going to think in my head cannon. In my head, you know what? Yeah, fine. In my uh, head, in my head cannon. So then we get a time jump, which you know what? I'm okay with the time jump in this series sense. finale. It makes plenty of sense. It's a few weeks. It's not a couple years. They were they would have had to use a time jump either way if we would have gotten a civil mm-hmm. war between the North and the Targaryens between uh, the dragon and the wolf this time around, instead of the dragon and the lion, right. we would have had to have a time jump either way. Yeah. Uh, I had no problems with the time jump. So the time jump was part of it. Um, but we get a small, uh, a council of all the, all basically out of the ashes, everyone is risen. Houses. So we get, you know, people from river run, we get people from, uh, Dorne. We get Sir Davos is there. Sansa, Arya, Bran is there. And we get, you know, it's time to get justice and Grey Worm walks up and basically Grey Worm has been the regent, if I'm not mistaken. He's been in charge and he has John and Tyrion in chains and they bring out Tyrion. Grey Worm's about to take him right, if I'm not mistaken. Grey Worm's like, I thought I, I was surprised he didn't hit him. I, I, I thought he was going to gonna, or at least cut his cut his throat, tongue out, like mm-hmm. shut up and cut his tongue out. Things keep going. We, you know, we get this whole what are we going to do here? No one's in charge. We'll. You guys haven't picked anybody. Tyrion's like, you haven't picked anyone. Tyrion starts talking about who should be in command and who should who should lead. And Yara starts talking, well, Daenerys, I, I'm loyal to Daenerys, talking shit about John wanting to kill him. Arya says, you say you're going to kill my brother one more time. I'll slit, I'll slit your throat. throat. That was fucking yes, that Talk power. about killing my brother. And I love how they still think throat. that he's still his brother. Oh, you know absolutely. What I mean? yeah, That's yeah. so great. So, still the family and, and I love that out of the ashes of all this too, it's there's more Starks than anybody mm-hmm. left. Yep. So their tattoo, by the way, was the biggest spoiler ever, and then nobody picked up on it. What they all got tattoos? Together? They all got uh, every single Stark got a tattoo that says "The Pack Stays Alive" or "The Pack Survives." The Pack survives, and all of them survive, which is rad. Well, there you go. As things go, then Not Tyrion gives a very impassioned. All that got the tattoo survived. No, no, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Rickon. He didn't get the tat. I know. But you know uh, yeah. I mean? Not all of them yeah. survived. Well, yeah, most of them died. Uh, <laughs> so we get to a point where we, uh, Tyrion finally says, you guys are the most powerful people here. You don't want to know how to pick anyone. And they're like, well, who are we going to pick? Finally, Tyrion just says, there's only one person here who knows everything, who knows our history, who knows the past, who knows where we can go in the future. He's the only one who's going to be able to guide anybody. We don't have to worry about him being power hungry. And that's Bran the Broken. So Bran's known this this entire time. He's known that he was going to sit on the Iron Throne. This entire Not even the Iron time. Throne, that he was going to end up being the king of the... Or in charge of the Seven Realms. Six. Uh, six at the end of it all. So he let all that shit go down. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's it, just like, it's just like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yes, we're in the end game if, now. If you were to say what was needed... It wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to do it. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. So we get... Everybody going, okay, fine, we'll vote for Bran. They vote for Bran. It's good to see sep. it's good to see little Robert Aaron thrown in. Was that the dude poison. that was on yes. the the yeah. boobies? Yeah. Like he's grown up into yeah. a man. He's yeah, grown into God. a man as the Lord of the Vale. Good for him. That looked pretty cool. And then who's the one who didn't? Sansa didn't vote and neither did Arya. Well Sansa's 
started talking shit on her brother saying he yeah, he can't have, yeah, yeah. 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 Can't have children and they're like well we don't need him to that's the issue we yeah. want from here on out Little it'll bastards. be a vote for people to pick who we want to run how funny was it when sam let the people vote l- let democracy happen yeah everybody yeah. just laughed at him democracy and, 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 and comes to life and dies right in the there. same sense no but then it still ends up going to happen it's going to happen no it's well, not, not the, the people, people are going to vote it's, no, just, it's the lords yeah the yeah. lords it's, it's not elected ladies. officials it's no but that's the electoral college oh very electoral college very good sir and then so we get so then they go what do we do about john snow and he's like well they're like you're not killing him like Well, this is one thing that I wasn't happy about how much power Grey Worm had to pretty much dictate what happens to he is right, our though. most beloved character. I know, but he is right. He does. He he did murder the queen. He did. He did. He does. But, he does need to be punished. No matter what, punishment needs to be dealt. Whether or not it is a veiled punishment, because he is going to where he feels comfortable and where he belongs and where he wanted to be, but it is he still needs to be punished. Yes, he, he committed a crime. Punishment needs to happen. Yeah, just so. Yeah, I know. Ultimately, they make a deal, which good politics is happening. Mm -hmm. Compromises come through. The political drama kicks in. Everybody's a little bit happier for, and nobody's dead. How about that? That's the good thing. So we get John being told, as normal as it was the custom, you're going to be sent to the Night's Watch. You will have no more titles, no more name, no anything. You're just going to be a regular ass dude in the Night's Watch. But he's not, though. He becomes. Of course not. It ends up happening. Uh, then we get all the goodbyes, at, but we also get a hard declaration from Sansa. She flat out says the North will remain independent mm-hmm. of the Southern. And they Wars. all agree. At that point, no one says anything. Because the North was independent for thousands of years. Yes, and it was just a protector. Bran makes Tyrion his, his hand, and he says, I've made too many mistakes. And he's like, You'll, this is, you're the perfect person to fix those mistakes. So now we're going He's into gonna repent by yeah yeah make your penance by you know fixing these mistakes. So we start getting into you know every, the dust is truly settling and it's time to start moving forward. Mm-hmm. Stark say their goodbyes to each other. Very very Lord of the Ring ish. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the Unsullied they pack up and it's like okay well we're no longer going to be here. They go to Noth where Missande is from. Sansa goes back to Winterfell. She becomes the queen of the and North. becomes queen of the North. Arya. Arya says, I'm going west of Westeros. She asks the question, what's west of Westeros? And she's asked that question before in season six as well. Yes. So she becomes a pirate queen, I'm hoping, which would be awesome. They all got what they wanted yes. initially. They yes. John's dream was to be a ranger. A ranger. Yeah. Yep. For the, for the Night's cruise. Watch. Yeah, that's right. And he got it. Sansa's dream was to be a queen. Mm-hmm. And Arya as well. I don't know what Bran wanted. He doesn't want things. Yeah, well, but Brand, I'm saying before, and you know what? No, look at it because it comes full circle. Because Bran did not want to sit there as the Lord of Winterfell and do all the Winterfell stuff, like be a king, you know, run the as the the Lord and the Warden of the North. Yeah, he didn't want to do that. And even then, Tyrion says, "I know you don't want it, you know. Yeah. Will you do it?" And he's like, "Well, now he accepts it as the Three Eyed Raven." Right. Then we start getting all the other little uh, yeah, they're sort of answering tied up all the other little loose ends. Tyrion comes in for the small council, and then Braun is the master of coin, which is probably going to be a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, because he may just plunge the realm back into debt. Because I don't, I don't think so. Because you know he, he doesn't like to be swindled. He's not going to fuck around. If somebody's giving him a shitty deal, he's like, no, this deal sucks. We're moving on. Either you give well, me a it, good deal and things like. I, I, I think he's a good businessman. He knows how to make deals. Yes. Knows how to make trades. 
who he knows the value of things, mm-hmm. you know, you know, or if somebody offers him a better castle, you're screwed. But we don't know. Yeah. So then we we get back into it. It's just a straight up small council meeting. It's like we can't do this, we can't do that, we got to cut this, we got to build that. Well, we Sam becomes the maester. Sam is a maester. Brienne uh, becomes Lord Commander. Brienne is Lord Commander. Davos, Master of Ships. Well, mm-hmm. we need money for the ships. They just go right back into what we saw with, you know, here and there with various uh, versions of the small council. And then we get a book. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And they're looking at this book. Sam goes, hey, this is the book that uh, one of the maesters wrote. It's about all the wars from the time after Robert Baratheon, a Song of Ice and Fire. And Tyrion is reading this going, oh, I bet there's not a lot fondness about me. And then kind of chuck, well, there's nothing about you in it. <laughs> So I love that touch. I loved that. I was happy with that. We get all the other things, like I said. So John gets back to the wall. They let him in at King's uh, Castle Black. They welcome him back there. And then he just ultimately sees the wildlings, gets ghost. He pets ghosts, everybody. Hey, he pet, he pet ghosts. Thank God. He becomes a thousandth Lord Commander. And then he becomes a thousandth Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. He was number 998. Yeah, that's true. And then Dolores <laughs> Ed was 999. So he's a thousand. And then next thing you know, we see John leading Tormund and the Wildlings back to Freeland. And and that's exactly how the show started, by the yes. way. Walking into the Haunted Forest. Yes. It ends walking into the Haunted Forest. Yep. But my question was, when you see, when John looks back and he sees the wall and the the wall come down on the wall, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, he, and he's walking the Wildlings into the Haunted Forest. Is he thinking in his head, I'm going to stay with the wildlings? Or is he thinking in his head that I'm going to be the Lord Commander? He's doing both. He's going to go back and forth. Yeah, he, the the separation of the Night's Watch, how they hated the wildlings, stuff like that, that's over. That's dead. They're going to work in conjunction with each other. Okay. They essentially defend the, the South. The, yeah, defend the realm, the, yeah. the realm together. Because mm-hmm. he's, he, he's the only one who can bridge that gap, and he has. He, you know, he, 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 they all love him in the, as the wildlings, but beyond the wall, they all love and respect him at the wall. So now he's going to do both and he's, they're going to live together. And that green weed that was growing on that shows represents that things are going to get better. Yeah. Winter's not, winter's not that bad anymore, which is, which was a great little touch. Really liked it. So thinking that what you just said, boo, makes me feel better about John's ending because He's still going to be significant. Absolutely. And he's still going to be looked upon as a leader. Mm-hmm. So that definitely makes me feel better. It just sucks that he's not going to see anybody ever again. It is what it is. And I thought it ended great. I thought the music was amazing. Sounds of the scene. Sounds of scene. Oh. Getting all decked out and everything. Everybody picking up what is theirs. You know, oh, Arya so puts needle. Uh, uh, John gets a uh, black claw or long claw. Long claw. Thank yeah. you. And then Sansa gets the whole queen queen thing decked out and everything. She looks fucking amazing. You see Sansa or uh, Arya's ship. You see, you know. Hey, John what color was Sansa's dress in that? It was it was gray, like grayish gray white, red. right? Yeah. Okay, that means she came out of her little black. Yeah, little black. She, thing, she's yeah. finally ready to to shine and be who the she queen wants to be. That's yeah. right. So and get her little tribute was cool. It was really cool. So fantastic. Great. I mean, Love it wasn't it. A, like a great, crazy episode, but I have no problems with this season. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with this episode. And it answered almost all those questions that we wanted answered. Oh, and no. Then, we finally get that last one, right? They go, does anybody know where Drogon is? And then Braun goes, well, the farther, the better. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then Bran goes, 
Why don't you guys take care of this and I'll go find him. And it said he's been spotted east. There's an article we were talking about the, the Drogon earlier, but the article from Esquire is where, where I read. So this is what they put. It's unclear in the moment, but later in the episode, someone passingly mentions that Drogon was spotted flying east. We're not given an exact destination, but it seems very likely that Drogon is flying to Essos, the origins of the Targaryen line in Old Valeria. As the Game of Thrones Wikipedia describes, 5,000 years ago, Man of Valerian Freehold learned how to master and ride dragons as beasts of war and use them to forge an empire that stretched across most of the continent of Essos, dominating almost half of the known world. 4,000 years before the War of the Five Kings, the entire Valerian Empire and almost all of its dragons were destroyed in a single day during a cataclysmic volcanic eruption known as Doom of Valeria. One Valerian noble family, the Targaryens, survived the Doom on the distant island outpost of Dragonstone and a narrow sea along with the last surviving Valerian dragons. And they're saying it seems rather poetic that Drogon would bring the Queen of Dragons to be laid rest among her ancestors. Home. Home. Very, very cool. If that's the case. Yeah. But it will be in my head. Yep, exactly. So there you have it, people. What a great show. One of the top three or four shows ever in my book, right? Guaranteed top five shows to be ever put on television. Yeah. Hands down. Without a doubt, no no ifs, ands, or buts. Character development. Uh, balls. Yeah. Just pure balls. <laughs> Production value, the acting, everything was on par. This season, I know it's been polarizing, but take the show as a whole and don't focus on two or three episodes. Still holds up as one of the greatest of all time. There was your Game of Thrones series finale. For the last time. For the last time. Until June is when they're going to start filming the prequel. So we'll be back with some Game of Thrones news. Mr. Shrothers, sorry again that we had to put you through listening to it. That's all right, man. I'm just glad you guys had a good time. Yes. Talking about it. Yes. Without yeah, it's okay. We, uh, one day when you do binge all of it, we'd love to get you and King Tom in a room and record your guys' opinions on. You have the time. You know, you know what, man? I would love to do that. And that would be something. Oh, I was supposed to ask you guys, by the way, my wife told me to ask you. Mm-hmm. She, so I told you she's way into the, the MCU, right? Well, she's been trying to catch all the Marvel stuff on Netflix. And she watched The Defenders, and she's super bummed out by it. She said it, it was very disappointing, and it, it was. sucked. It's we sh- all feel the yeah, same way. Very bad. Yeah, okay. Well, she just wanted to know that she wasn't alone. In no, no, no. It was really bad. No, that's why there was only one season of The Defenders. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, it it was it was good until it was until bad. Iron was bad. Yeah, <laughs> Iron Fist showed up and just sunk everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was bad. So we are pretty much done with this episode. It was a fun one. Thank you for tuning in and listening, Mister Shrothers. Where can people listen to you? And where can people check out you shredding on the guitar well, on your new album with Throw the Horns? Yeah, man. So here's the deal. You can check out my other podcast. It's pretty much all Star Wars. That is The Bad Motivators. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers, where I will be sure to drop something about our album that Throw the Horns is putting out. Nice. And we'll put that stuff on our show notes. So if you want to just click that from there, you can do so. Mr. Carlos Buarguayo. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Sith List Boo. Crunch Crunch. On Twitter at Lessmore78. And you can find me at the Sith List. And by the way, people, if you can just be 
just be, I was going to say be a dove. I don't even know what that means. If you guys can go on iTunes and leave us some reviews, if you haven't yet, we'd really appreciate mm-hmm. it. I, we never talk about it, but they, it is important because it ranks you the more you get and all that, blah, 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 blah. So if you haven't done it, we'd really appreciate it if you would. Um, also, remember to check out that um, GoFundMe site that we'll have in the show notes. And thank you again for tuning in and listening to us. You have no idea how much we really appreciate it. And we will catch you next week with Noah Outlaw on episode 147 of the sit list. I am the hose of the kings who are gone. Jenny would dance with her ghost. The ones she had lost and the ones she had found. The ones who had loved her the most. Once who'd been gone for so very long She couldn't remember their names They spun her round on the damp old stone Spun away all her sorrow and pain And she never wanted to Who had loved her the most